Have you ever wondered what it takes to make an animated feature? Maybe you wanted to know random facts about a certain cartoon show or movie that you like. Tuned In is an animated fan podcast for viewers like you who want to dive deep into Western animation. Whether it is hand-drawn, CGI, or both, please join us in Tuned In. Welcome. Welcome all to this... What do you want to call it? Um, this podcast for the moment well obviously it's a podcast but what (laughs) should we call this like this uh, shit show this welcome to the welcome Welcome to to the the freak show i just have a skillet song in my head now okay whatever welcome to the freak show of tuned in ladies and gentlemen Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Um, uh, this is Jet and my friend Eric here. Hello, We everybody. are reviewing Klaus, the 2019 Christmas or ho- holiday film created by the SPA or Sergio Pablos Animation Studio. Uh, Sergis... Sergio Pablos worked on Despicable Me. He's like the main dude behind the Minions. And he wanted to get away from the Minions to make this film. But notably, most notably, he has worked on some Disney films such as The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, and Tarzan. Oh, and Treasure Planet, you know, the movie that we all uh, wanted to see do better but didn't, unfortunately. Um, but after that, after Treasure Planet, he actually moved on to DreamWorks uh, to work on films such as uh, Despicable Me. Um, and I first want to talk about it when we're diving into this movie. And by the way, there's a spoiler, spoiler uh, alert for those who have not wa- watched it yet and do- and does not want to be spoiled this will be contain a lot of spoilers so if you haven't watched it yet please watch it and come back to this podcast thank you wait hold the phone jet are you saying we're gonna be talking about klaus while we're talking about klaus my gosh the spoiler of course (laughs) oh yeah i mean some people will be like, oh, they're going to say something without spoiling it. Ha <laughs> ha, you were fooled. <laughs> You're going to be spoiled the heck out of right now. So let's uh, uh, let's dive deep into like how we're introduced to the uh, story of Santa Claus. Like, it's like, how do you, uh, have you ever wondered how it all started with a letter or something? And it's just, it shows this, uh, this being... Post Office Academy, with you know a lot of mail and stuff. They they receive a letter, and this uh, post office man takes it to uh, our main character, who is currently placed in a training ground setting of this academy. And I'm like, this is like, aunt, what? What do you want to say? I just wanted to say they gave it to the Postmaster General. Yes, Postmaster General, yes, because he was, like, he had all these medals and stuff, and it's just like, ha-ha, it's almost materialized. But, uh, yeah, and we're taken to this tent, and where we see the Cusco-like Jesper with cucumbered eyes, and he's just, like, ready for a massage, or where he's just relaxing, and he's like, please give me a cup of tea, thank you. And the attorney general's like, nah, son, you got a letter here <laughs> from your daddy. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, gotta see my dad. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> Can this wait? No. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anything you want to add to this scene, Eric? It is a great introduction to the whole setting and uh, the characters. The humor with the post office being a, like a military organization and the postmaster general. That's a good pun right there. And we Jesper really kicking back and living the good life. I think it even introduces us with uh, showing that 
Jesper had a dummy uh, doing all of his exercise and stuff for him, I think. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like... Great way to introduce this to him. Yeah, like, he was just sort of... I don't know... Like, like Jesper is just... It's basically a carbon copy of Cusco from the Emperor's New Groove. And he... I think they got, like, the voice actor. I forgot who the voice actor for Jesper is, unfortunately. But they got somebody that sounds like David Spade a lot. I remember in the teaser trailers for this, he sounded a lot more British. What, Jesper? Yeah, it was... I think in the very first teaser trailers, like in the animation tests. Oh? Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they got somebody else to, like, yeah, test, his, test the character, but not necessarily the voice. That's odd. I know it's supposed to be, oh. like, setting in, in uh, you know, like a Danish country or whatever, a Danish uh, location. But, it's uh, all fun anyway. Jesper's voice works him just well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're when we're taken to his dad's office, where he is the head of, you know, the, he's the head of the post office. The head of the post office, and he's like, "Son, you gotta work. <laughs> you gotta put in effort, or I'm gonna cut you off." <laughs> you know, just big old daddy here, and and you know he can no longer. Uh, depend on nepotism to survive. So, Jesper... No puppy dogs are gonna save Jesper's from living a man's day, a, a, a real day of work. Yeah, and <laughs> and Jesper is is the, like, embodiment of uh, selfishness Pusco, instead of Pusco selflessness right now. So, we, we get to this character and we just don't really feel sorry for him because he's lazy, he's arrogant, he's just very, very spoiled. And we know right right away he is going to meet with hubris right now. And Eric, I think you're accidentally muted. Sorry about that. Something happened in uh, real life. What were you talking about? Okay, anyway, I was talking about how Jesper is about to meet up with Hubris once, you know, his dad cuts him off and uh, sends yeah. him away to Smirensburg, where it's, like, far, far away from their current location, like, the farthest that any postman has ever been. Like, a postman hasn't been there in years. This is how serious the situation is. Like, his dad is really pissed at Jesper. Yeah, he's, a. Uh... He's definitely been given a monumental task in the uh, butt end of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, really reassembled Antarctica. I, he does, certainly doesn't want to go there. And also, I want to talk about how Jesper looks. Like, he, is, he looks like Do- uh, Dr. Doppler from Treasure Planet. I'm not kidding. Like, his facial structure looks like Dr. Doppler without the ears. Like, yeah, he has human ears, well. but kind of like the way he's drawn, like his nose, well, almost like his nose... His lankiness. His lankiness is a lot like him. The way he walks. Yeah, it is. I just so love that's how like, he looks, too. That's where Sergio is, like, with that character design. Um, so the nature, vers- the nature versus nurture is kind of extinguished where he's sent off to, to Smearnsburg. So we'll talk about Smearnsburg. And... Yeah. I I feel like it looks like a Tim Burton setting. What what do you think? It really does. Uh, it's very sharp, and uh, they make a lot of use of browns and blacks in the buildings. I think, and everyone, of course, looks really uh, old and thin, and well, okay, not thin all around, but they definitely do have that Tim Burton style, like you said, and everyone's like pale, practically a zombie. Yeah, and the colors are like gray-scaled, like grays, blacks, very little whites, very little whites. It's very pale because um, white is like a bright, they want to like just not have any bright colors in the city. 
the children look like they just jumped out of the Adams family. I mean, it's just kind of like, but creepier, creepier oh, really than the Adams family. Just like you know, they're stabbing a snowman, snowman with multiple carrots. <laughs> Did you? Do you? I mean, I was just like. <laughs> I got to watch that. I watched this movie like three times, and I didn't like process that until like maybe the second time. And I was like, "Oh, okay then." I think she was threatening Jasper. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh no. the girl just looked at him with more I'm gonna enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm, uh, she just was ready to shank with a carrot. Um, uh, she didn't like uh slip the the carrot across the snowman's uh scarf <laughs> yeah like it just it was just in in the stomach or the abdomen area uh oh not to mention the uh boatman who took him there told him to ring hey go over there and ring that bell in the city square it's just a prank bro it's just a prank bro like he is such a chaotic character i love him he's kind of like if great. a Cheshire Cat was humanized, that would be the Boatman. And I love his character. Uh, he's very... Uh, see, Jesper was really spiteful to him at first. And and was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go from here to Smearnsburg. Are we starting to connect the dots? And then the Boatman throws that back at him when he leaves Jesper behind on the, on the island. And it's just like, here... You're set here. You're the postman. You bring letters to me, and I take them to the post office. Are we starting to connect the dots? And just, it was just such a spiteful uh, slap, you know? And I just love that. I live for that. <laughs> yeah, he's a. He's definitely a lot of fun. I like his reactions to uh, just everything later on as you see him peppered throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, and he's... Yeah, he's he's really struggling at this point. He goes to his new house, which is a literal chicken coop, and where it's, like, got... It's not even well-maintained. Ma- it's, like, there's snow everywhere in there where it's just, like, the snow just falls down. And he's like frozen to the bone. He can't go to the bathroom appropriately because it's an outhouse and he has to stand on a single board to cross just to get to the outhouse. <laughs> I'm like, that's 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 a little bit over the top as far as misery. I would be be like, no. It's cold and windy. And you look down and it's just like at a high up place. Yes. And it's just, oh. Where's your government dollars for this? <laughs> yeah, like this is a government funded thing. Well, I mean, the post the postal service wasn't it, this was taking place like maybe at the turn of the century, I want to say. Yeah. And it's just like, uh The this Pony was, Express. <laughs> the brave year of our Lord 1800. <laughs> <laughs> the year of our Lord. Um AD. And it's all just bad until Jesper finds this note that a kid dropped from his window and he's like kid you want this back you gotta buy a stamp for me and I'll mail it to you because oh he's gotta meet a quota I forgot to mention that yeah. when he was sent to Smearsburg why was he sent to Smearsburg because he has to meet a quota of 6,000 letters stamped in one year or he is cut off completely from his father's wealth well, you can't have that. That is a lot of letters for such a small place. Now and for one person. But to be fair, like, I work in data entry. So when we, when I usually do thou, like a thousand items per day, but that is with technology, whereas they did not have. So can you no. imagine not having a computer system, like, yeah. g- you know, processing all that for Even one person is just insane. Yeah, even when you have 365 job, days a year on one person, it's bananas. Yeah, without any computers or uh, really incentive for anyone to. And you also gotta like, you got you gotta take into consideration the population of Smearnsburg, which if it is a small area, 
Like, and people don't mail at all. Like, we're, we're given to this... The reason why he was ringing the bell and why it was a bad thing was because the town broke out into a massive chaos. They were in a feud. We are talking about Hatfield and McCoy level feud between two different families, two clans, so to speak. And that was a battle bell, not a, like a city hall bell or anything. That was a battle bell (laughs) he rung. Uh, I'm feeling I'm getting the plot mixed up because I had the I had this in my notes and I was just like skipping things. I feel <laughs> we're talking about the movie as it comes. It's like a string of consciousness. It's a string of consciousness, yes. And I feel like I'm going back and forth, and it, it's just not organized as I would like it to be. But anyway, um, after that whole fight, and after after Jesper, uh, you know is with this boy, you know, wanting to talk him into, like, mailing mailing it back to him. Uh, he just puts the letter in his um, bag and he gets chased by his the boy's father's dogs. And it's just like, oh, plot device, I guess. Because he's keeping the letter, right? This will come back, right? Itch. Sure enough, it does. Um... So this town is very uneducated. They they don't have a school there anymore. The school yeah, teacher sells fish now. Is, uh, out of town or just like Jesper. And she's trying everything she can to get out, saving every dime she gets. Yes, every every cent that she gets from selling fish. And it's sad to see because the kids don't know how to write or spell their names rather. I mean, they don't. They just don't know. They don't know a lot about their own town or out. What's outside the world? It's pretty sad. They've been raised like cavemen. All Practically, and that's and that's part of like how the feud um, festers because it doesn't change. And the the way that this sparks change is where. Jesper realizes there's a an abandoned cabin up in the mountain that belongs to Klaus. So he goes up to visit Klaus because he's like, nobody wants to write letters or send mail to one another, so I'll check up on this person and see if he wants to send some mail to somebody. And... The one person in town not involved in the fight yeah, I'll he's like not involved. Too. He's not even related to these people, as far as we can. We're concerned. Like, he's just by himself, and we're met I'm with sure a a big log log house. It's really pretty on the outside, very well lit. But until we get into the inside, where Jesper br- f- feels okay to break in the house, um, it is very dark and eerie. He finds. A lot of toys around, but it's not, like, very cheerful. It's very gloomy, creepy. Lots of puppets, lots of mechanical toys. And it's, it's like, an unsettling kind of thing. Like, oh, my God, this guy, whoever lives here is creepy. And, And it just, it gives the wrong impression of Klaus. Like, oh, my God, he's a madman living in the mountains. And I'm going to die here. (laughs) Yeah. And then when... when Even the help tries to kill him, he almost gets stabbed by icicles, right? Yeah, like, he almost gets stabbed and, like... Jesper's getting, like, the... He sees Klaus outside the window with an axe. That's the thing that he notices first. Seriously. And then Klaus comes in and... Jesper is scared and drops the letter on his way out and flees the scene... And we're left with the letter and Klaus kind of outside trying to, like, talk to Jesper or whatever. And he goes back to his house. But the letter, and this is where the thing the thing just kicks off, where the wind is flowing like sand. It is a very smooth animation. And it picks up the letter and just takes it over to Klaus. And Klaus notices it. And the music kind of swells 
into an instrumental and then it stops when the wind stops and Klaus picks it up. Yeah. And and notices that it's a picture of a boy like basically trapped in his own home. Like he's sad. He has a sad face. It's a it's a very basic drawing, a kid's drawing, but the message comes across. I need to rewatch that scene because I just thought the picture was funny, but it's like funny because it's so awful. Yeah, like it's I mean, you know, it's a kid's drawing. I mean, kids just try to convey messages through art as best as they can, which it got across because Klaus saw what the house looked like and was trying to find it. Yeah. But he also chases poor Jasper down and is like, where's this house? And and just shows him the picture and Jasper takes it to him. Uh takes him to the house and is just, and, uh, he's very Klaus, reserved and not wanting to, to speak to Klaus. Property and he throws Jesper up the chimney. Yes, yes, he, okay, so this house is full of traps and, like, it looked like bear traps and just, and dogs, like, vicious dogs, like, this, this is a private property, like, your back, backyard meth house, basically, your, your trailer, <laughs> your unsafe trailer park trash house. Uh, but the house itself looked elegant, but I digress. Yeah. It, it nobody wanted to be trespassing up on there at all. Smearinsburg is a great name for this place because you know smear means like you smear someone's reputation. Yeah, all... or like you, it's smearing. Um... This town taints everything it touches. Yeah, or you know, there's just a lack of change and prosperity, as you might say. Smearinsburg. Yeah, it sounds unpleasant. That that was the whole entire goal of the the name. You did a great job you hitting that goal. Yeah, for real. It, then Jasper puts the present under the tree and uh, not the tree. Trees haven't been invented well, yet. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. We're, we're getting we're getting to the tr- the present. So Klaus like basically picks a present from his house before he goes with Jesper to this house and he's like here Jesper you take this and I'm gonna yeet you <laughs> into the chimney and Klaus, you're going the down in the fireplace and, and just leaving the gift there and then come out Klaus, by the way voiced by uh... oh I'm blanking on his name James Jonah Jameson <laughs> yes yes that guy is that Jesper J.K. Simmons voices Santa. I mean, Klaus, excuse me. Yes, yes, how I forgot. I forgot. J.K. Simmons, yes, he is, a, he is a great guy. Great guy. Even when he's playing an abusive uh, musical teacher, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really seen that movie. I don't think I have either. But, but he's uh, always going to see. But yeah, um, it's a, it's a wind-up toy frog that he leaves with the child, and while the dogs are outside bark or like barking like crazy and they're not even chained up they're like loose in the yard with all they're these loose. traps around like they get around the traps and i was just like this guy has a lot of traps hold on i got to let my cat out <laughs> not only does he have a lot of cha- traps he's got a whole lot of uh not only does he have a lot of traps, he's got a double-barrel shotgun, too. Yes! He is just a typical grade-A, like, really reserved person who does not want any visitors at all. And I, and the, the kid is, is left with this toy, and he's like, what is this? He's never seen a toy before, and it's so sad. But he, he you know... Uh just tries to work it out and it finally he winds the the, the frog up and it hops it hops oh, around yeah. and he's just having a, a really good time and the music starts up again it's just it's a a living watch from the window that's a scene and 
It's just so cute. Yeah, and Klaus takes off his hood and is just amazed at the happiness he brought this child. And this child was so miserable and lonely and now he has a toy. And Jesper even kind of notices it too, but not as much because he was mostly just terrified. He had to, I think, escape out of the gym. No, he, he went outside the door. He went outside the door because it was locked on the inside really good. <laughs> oh, yes. He almost died unlocking the door. I think I was going to shoot him, I'm sure. But, and that is a felony offense. But I guess you could say that was the first letter to Santa that the boy had. Yeah. Was like, this I'm lonely. Was a lot of uh, firsts for Santa, which makes it a it's a very nice um, take on the whole origin. I think very unique. When very compared unique. Compared to all the other Santas. Yeah, and it's like it's not your generic story. It's a really cohesive piece. Yeah, it's got uh, like, why do I? Why does the word plausible deniability come to mind? And here's where it starts to grow. That from this tiny seed of a letter, as word gets out that this kid has a toy, so the the boy's family members uh, drew up some pictures and sent it and oh, went up God. to the postman, Jesper. So, with that okay. in mind, I think Jesper also comes up with the idea. Like after he goes back and he like marks that he had the one letter. Oh yeah, we we forgot to mention how he has this giant thermometer of all the letters he needs to mail. Yeah, but he's he gets that one. He in. gets that one, and like and immediately he starts to have profits of all these kids sending him pennies for stamps and stuff to to mail them to Klaus. Yeah. And I he's like, so. this is my break. This is my big break. This is how I'm going to get out of here. This is how I'm going to get out of this messy town and go back to my old life. And and then we we just see a reel of, you know, kids. Uh, we're having the, bu the bully. The bully kids are oh, like, yeah. you know, um, you know, saying, ha ha, fat chance, and whatever, and then the postman, uh, Jesper's like, oh, he only gives toys to good kids. Yeah. And, and, that and he's like, and the kid's like, you're lying! And no, no, it's like, oh, I've seen it before. He, he knows when, when you're doing bad things. And it's kind of like, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been good or bad. You so know, be good yeah. for goodness sake kind of thing. And add the sleeping part. And then <laughs> once he had that conversation with that child, with that bully child, he turns around and like hip hop music starts playing. Like he just owned that kid. He starts walking in a, in a, uh, in a, yeah, you know, the, like a, a pimp it. walk or something. Like he just owned that kid. And I was just like, this is real. I don't know if this is fitting, but. I'm going with it, I guess. Well, let's see, they were playing like how... modern music with lyrics and stuff, and it was just kind of like in this setting. I just felt like it didn't really belong there. Well, but for me, like for meme purposes, I can understand. Uh, yeah, it's a bit modern, but I don't think it'll. I hope it won't uh, age uh, poorly. No, but I don't think very, it will. Very, Not too bad. It just sounds like... I love how he gave that little smile once the kids couldn't see him anymore when he was inside. Yeah, like a little smirk, like... Hey, kids. You want letters? I got you letters. Yeah, I got... You want stamps? I got I got the stamps. And he just kind of... He kind of, like, pulls the his jacket... Over where he's got like a lot of stamps, and I'm just like, oh my god, really? <laughs> We're doing this, okay? <laughs> okay, so JD Postman. And but here's the thing: they had the rule was they had to be good in order to get gifts. So they started cleaning up the town. They started doing nice things for their neighbors and stuff, and it's the goodness spreads. Even to the yeah. parents. The parents started 
sending nice things to their neighbors like pies and you know and just that, taking care of their neighbors and it just started growing and the elders of the town yeah the kids wanted to learn how to write though so they could make letters and that inspired oh yeah yeah that happens so yeah the the school starts education and she starts spending her uh hoarded wealth on uh books and supplies and stuff i think the first day of class was the kids were just watching her uh cut open a fish yeah and it was just like um that's yeah it was just like it was wild like the the school teacher just having to sell fish because you know kids stopped coming to school or the parents didn't want their kids to be educated i guess or you know have that uh you know good quality quote education yeah (laughs) but yeah uh school starts um she actually the teacher actually takes the funds of when she was trying to get out of there to buy books for the students so they can read and and write and learn And once that happens, they started actually writing their names, writing the letters, sending them to Klaus. They're getting toys. However, there was a huge problem with inventory with Klaus. So they've, they decided to just make it a once a year thing, like during Christmas. Yeah. I, so I I'm glad that. they addressed that problem because it was almost like every day they were, or every week they were receiving gifts for being good and yeah. And they just had to explain, oh, we have to cut down and make it a once a year thing. That's good. That's how you resolve things. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of forgot about that scene. Yeah, but I kind of too. But I was just like asking myself now, wait a minute, how did they resolve this? Because <laughs> it wasn't until like the third time I watched it that mm. I kind of processed, oh, that's how they figured that out, how to do it. Why Christmas? This is why. Because it's a, a joyful time and, you know, people are supposed to be, you know, getting Good together all. and being happy and joyous. Yeah. So. so it's. And it's, uh, and it's at the end of the year, so it's just like you've been a good boy or girl this year. Yeah. This whole entire year, you've got to be good, so it was a good incentive. Yeah. When I was first watching the movie, that always, I guess, registered on my mind as like they were renegotiating of their deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, while this is all going on, though, the, uh, the what are they? The town elders and their little clique family are not very thrilled about all this. Yes, the um, elders are not happy at all. Why am I blanking on this word? It sounded so funny in my head. Like, congregating with the enemy. No, not congregating, but... Congregating? Yeah, mixing with the enemy. Yes, they are... Fraternizing with the enemy. Yes, yes, the the neighbors, they were neighbors, and they were playing with each other! That is not allowed in in this... In this family. So, the enemies got with the enemies to form a pact, or a truce... To end their tradition. And they were, like, showing these kids who were playing with each other their family's heritage, their traditions, the museums of, you know, the clan's feud. We must keep a tradition. We must never affiliate with them. Yeah, and it goes all the way back to the caveman days. When they are uh, be... Sticks and stones, and they were stick the stick people. By dumping the entire history on them. And this is why you cannot be friends. Yes, because of stuff that happened at the beginning of time. It was never meant to be. We are afraid of change. (laughs) And that's just the thing, you know, is that, that that message still rings true to this day. Yeah. And it's it's frightening that people are still scared of change. But however, like 
simple acts of kindness, whether it's like in a community or, you know, just between two people can spark change. And that was the message of this film. And I love it. Make friends, not war. Make yeah. friends, make love, not war. Exactly. And uh, so these two, like these two leaders, like the elders of each clan were plotting against Klaus because he's responsible for giving, getting the children toys to play with each other. Oh, yes. That was a lot of, that was a real good time for the animation to flex with just all the funny visuals and the creativity of it all. The the designs of the family are really cool, aren't they? Yes. The, yes. If I had anything bad, if I had to, uh, anything negative to uh, say anything uh, about the elders it's not their it's not their the character of them like their personalities but the voice acting of the elder woman was a little bit too young i feel i feel like her voice was younger than how she looked like i thought she would have like a granny smith kind of voice where it's just like oh you can't mess with tradition you know like that it was supposed to, and she looked wrinkly and fragile old. and stuff and you, you expect her to sound kind of old like that but she didn't and i feel like it was kind of misleading yeah i get what you're coming from yeah maybe they thought that uh an old granny lady voice oh, I, I can't do it <laughs> but maybe a old it. voice like that might not have been as intimidating perhaps yeah like <laughs> she could have sounded like this and it was just like we won't skip out on tradition, will we? And it was just kind of like, you know, cynical. Could have been a little bit more cynical than how it sounded, but she sounded more progressive in her voice, but not like her personality, if that makes sense. I think I get what you mean, yeah. She just sounded like, more modern or younger. Like the op was. on the opposite end, the, the, guy, the guy who sounds like Colonel Sanders over here, I'm gonna call him Colonel Sanders because I forgot his name, the red-headed uh, leader was um, it looks Irish in my humble opinion. He does kind of look a little Irish without an accent. He doesn't have an accent really. He, he just kind of like has a southern dialect which is how they want you to perceive them. And kind of like how Charlotte from the princess and the frog sounded like he's got that southern drawl and he's got a southern drawl and he's got a daughter who he spoils a lot he kind of sounds like that <laughs> they're in the south and like everyone's the same family there's only two families on this island whale yeah and and you know the and the branch doesn't really grow you know the, the it's just like a, a two-way oh. twig you know Smearsburg is uh, just a, it's a bad all around, to be honest. It's a fork. It's a it's a two prong fork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not really great, no fun. But yeah, they they plot against Klaus, and they were wanting to destroy the toys. However, while that's going on, Jesper gets his numbers way up there and the townspeople are like okay we need to sabotage the postman first because he's the one that's delivering these letters to the to klaus so we'll nip that in the butt so they 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 send him away they meet his quota i guess or do something they talk with his father have yeah, him to come down and pick him up I think what they do exactly specifically is they klaus and uh, jesper are out trying to get their first deer reindeer i mean yeah the they get the reindeer because the the horse the um what was it the horse wasn't working yeah, it, wasn't it started getting heavy the order started piling up yeah yeah and uh so the the family tries to kill them and uh the wheels break off their cart when they do that, and well, what do you know? Santa's got a sleigh now. <laughs> yeah, happy little accidents. But casual uh, murder aside, <laughs> the family murder. Uh, what? No, you don't say the M word in these movies. Come on. 
What was the casual murder? I, don't, I didn't see any murder. No, none at all. <laughs> Where? The, the families, they were going to ambush... Uh, oh some... yeah, yeah. Just like knock knock over a tree or a, a rock, a rock in their their path of you know when they were riding the sleigh, and you know just do away with them. Nope, that because the rock and the the tree collided with one another to make them stop, and they got through. It's yeah. pretty funny because they were both working together and it just kind of backfired. Wait, this is our ambush. You can't be here. (laughs) Great. But that incident aside, uh, I think next the family figures out to do that thing by making a whole glut of letters. Yeah, they just basically forged a whole bunch of letters and we're like, okay, you meet your quota. That means you can leave. And yeah. Jesper was just kind of like stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, not like yeah. earlier. But uh, but yeah. Um, oh, I get. <laughs> thank you. I come up with that myself. I'll be here all night. <laughs> not really. Um, he's kind of conflicted about staying because he's wanted yeah. there. He he was he the, was starting the- to promote change and. And it was all good and fine and dandy. Yeah, he he started wanting to leave terribly, naturally, but then he grew to like the place and the friends he made. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the only- also the, well, and I also forgot to mention the important, crucial character was uh, a Sami girl who learned Not- English because of the, the teacher in the town. And she, she got her family and her community to work for Klaus. Yeah. The so the Sami people who are speaking their language, speaking their language and, and wearing their clothes, they are sort of like his elves or, you know, they, they work together. They, they coexisted. And I liked that. Like that was, that was kind of like a representation. I never thought, which is, it's kind of like a Danish or, you know, European uh, yeah, so story of Santa Claus, like his origin. In the very north of Finland, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a, her design is so great, though, not because, uh, well, I mean, she, she's so colorful compared to everything else in... Uh, yeah, she know. stands out, whereas other, other children are wearing blacks and grays. She's, like, so short that the tallest part of her she, is her hat. Yeah, she, she wears up. reds and blues and whites. A little bit of whites, but mostly red and blues, her main color. And yellow, maybe? Maybe it was yeah, a yellow. As far as I know, that's what the Sammy, Sammy wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of funny, though. Sammy. Pers- Sammy, yeah. yeah. But when I first saw the movie, I thought they said Sammy, and I thought that was her name. So uh, I, I get you. I, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, they only said it once. So, yeah, I, I had to look into it because I, honestly, I was confused because I was like, wait. Is she Dutch or no? They were actually a tribe, yeah. and it was really interesting. And they actually uh, gave her a sled, and she was she she lives in a tent with her little community, and it was really like fascinating. The the movie with the woohoo. Mm-hmm. And it... I think that's when um, Jesper starts to feel the same way Klaus does about all the presents, right? He starts delivering, I mean, and making them all happy. Yes. Yes, he does. Nice. Um, Growth throughout the movies are real fun to watch, too. But getting back to, like, their plans, the elders' plans to get rid of Klaus, they wanted to sabotage the toys. They failed. They failed because... As the teacher says, uh, kids talk. Kids talk. Uh, the word gets around with kids, and if something messes with their toys or something, they would they would want like to warn people about it. So that's what they did. And Klaus had this idea to replace the toy sack with a sack of wood, a 
wrapped up wood. You know, all the, the Sami people in him just kind of put this all together. And they thought that they dumped all the toys off a cliff, but it was actually just wood. So I, I thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> Poor Jesper was risking his life to try to save that sled, but but Klaus was like, let it go, it's not worth it. <laughs> you fool. You absolute buffoon. <laughs> but yeah, um, they saved the toys, and um, Jesper was there to stay. And he lived on with Klaus, but what was a really heart-wrenching part in this film was the reason why Klaus was alone, and they detailed this a little, just a little bit in the film, but it, it had so much impact on Klaus's personality and how he was. He was married, and his wife died. And they couldn't have any kids, so he had like a little carving of this little this wooden figure of him and his wife and like five little compartments that were empty and you're like wow he wanted five kids and it's just like or maybe they lost five kids I can't remember but it was just like oh yeah oof, big really oof. that's rough buddy but yeah, yeah um, it was pretty sad and, and then after after they realized after Jesper realized all this yeah it's a it's know, double well, because we're introduced to it by Jesper accidentally uh, uncovering it while he's showing off all this grand plan that already cuts way too close to home for Klaus so that's another uh, emotional hit yeah boundaries it sets boundaries to what like you basically can cannot do or say and it's just like oh i'm so sorry i yeah. didn't mean to you know and it really set jesper back to where you know he really wants to be friends with klaus like because you know he's a good guy you know he's hard on the outside but on the inside he's really soft and caring and very kind i want to so say that the characters in this movie are uh generally not quite what you'd expect them to be like um jesper is of course introduced to us like a cusco type you know very um arrogant self-centered lazy mm -hmm. it's like spoiled. let me guess you've got a great personality <laughs> basically i hate to say <laughs> but like when he's put in the actual moment he'll make the good choice maybe not for the most pure of reasons but you see he has a heart and he grows to think of more things than just himself yeah like he changes he changes yeah. throughout the film like he doesn't want to be this selfish person anymore he wants to actually help his community he wants to help the people and he yeah. wants to help klaus and klaus is uh different than you'd think too yeah klaus changes to be from an introvert to an extrovert at that point yeah. but he also wanted to help initially help the the kids at first but i guess he just didn't know how to perceive it at first it's it just all came together quite beautifully yeah it did so jesper chooses to stay um that reminds me what did you think about the whole um liar revealed aspect of that chunk of the plot the whole what um jesper was basically keeping the fact that he had an external reason for doing everything he oh doing. yeah 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 the the, the the big reveal okay yeah yeah i, I get you so i thought that i hate i hate it. i hate that trope i hate that you know people i mean that was part of his personality though initially at first because he was like, as soon as I meet my quota, I am gone. I am out of here. I am donezo. And I'm just like, I've seen this so many times, but I think they did it okay. I think it was short and sweet and to the point. They yeah. didn't like over exaggerate it or anything. It was just like, oh. No, they didn't. But, you know, he didn't even leave the ship. 
Like, I mean, he did. I mean, he just he didn't even get on the ship or anything. Like, he, he did just propel like, him to feel like he needed to redeem himself by yeah. Uh, he, and by and then he noticed that they're attacking Klaus up on the hill, and he went up to save them. Yeah. But yeah, after that, like things were pretty smooth between Klaus and Jesper, and and the whole community as a whole, like. Um. It became a yearly tradition that, you know, Christmas was a thing. And until they they start aging and Klaus, oh, oh my yeah. god, the wind, the wind comes back again. The wind comes back again when Klaus is getting ready to chop some more wood. And he's like, I'm coming, my love. Yeah, he can't. He's getting old. That's a surprise. I think it's that's like really a twelve-year-later gap, and you don't really expect uh, movies. You to, see like, him walking up the hill. the The camera pans to his to his feet, and when he climbs up, and you pass a tree, and you can no longer see his feet, and you just know that he's gone, and the wind <laughs> dies down again. That music right then was really breathtaking i love you don't have to like have lyrics to a good moment or dialogue really and i like those moments those are the ones that i feel to me give me the most impact okay. and they yeah. can never find klaus but they made it a tradition that you know his spirit lives on basically so i like the ending that was a good ending Yes, it was. But the music, I have, I have a love hate relationship with it because it was more. Mo it was kind. It kind of reminded me of Tarzan, you know, in Tarzan. But it was without Phil Collins. Of course, they had Phil Collins throughout Tarzan with the lyrics, but it's modernized. It was modernized music, and it kind of aged it a bit. How? What do you think? I think so, yeah. Uh, I got nothing against Phil Collins. Oh, I have uh, none either. I love Phil Collins. I hate to say it's been a very long time since I've seen Tarzan, but I've, I can think of other movies like that where uh, they use kind of more modern music here Dragon and there. Treasure Planet. Yeah, it sounds fine when you first watch it, but then you rewatch it a few years later. And it's yeah. Like, oh, that's not very timeless. I, re I remember when that was a fad. <laughs> Yeah, same. Like it, it kind, of, but it kind of is like nostalgic to me, I guess, in a way. I think, I think maybe you and I were the target audience to this. Like it just kind of felt nostalgic to us. That's how a lot of movies, hand drawn and CGI, well, mostly hand drawn movies, were made with that in mind. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I know. I hate to sound like a Disney purist, but I, you do sometimes. No, I mean I'm not trying to say those ruin the movie, but no, no, no. The, with the more timeless, uh, so to say, movies, uh, they don't really have that. You, you don't get a little wake up call, I suppose, so to say, from the movie. You know. I, th I think I, I see what you're putting down. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was like the only the only nitpicks i really had about the the movie was the old lady's voice and the music like just a little bit like there was good moments like when klaus like the letter getting to klaus and then when klaus you know goes away like yeah, those two uh, moments were those are really pretty heavy. baller to be to be honest yeah they they were definitely really heavy great moments they were. So I think that probably wraps up our review of Klaus. Uh, yeah, what what else do you have anything to to say Talk. about it? <laughs> well, I really <laughs> love the animation. Oh my gosh, the they blended CGI with traditional hand drawn so well. I feel like this is like what we were looking for. Was well, like uh, me. As a per as a person of animation, this is what I've been wanting. 
Yep, yes. It's something yeah. that Treasure Planet couldn't do, something Atlantis couldn't do, at least correctly. And I feel that a good story with good quality animation is something normally a lot of companies can't do. Yeah. I don't want to bash CG. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not bashing CG either. Shrek was amazing. Shrek is like and Toy yeah. Story basically set the standards for it. Yeah, really. CG is great and there's really I used to say it, but in seriousness, there's no reason to bash CG as like some kind of crutch or easier to make or something silly like right. that. But it really sucks that 2D basically got thrown in the trash because companies saw it as a liability. Yeah, you know, I, I understand it, it from that perspective. Every, movie, every animated movie was animated in 2D like the same way, but like now it's... I understand like it's, it was cost effective and... I understand, like, they've had to make cuts, but I, th I still feel like they did, like, most traditional hand-drawn artists dirty the way they handled it. Yeah. But, to be fair, I'm glad that Sergio Pablos uh, created a, an independent yeah, company to make this and to combine both mediums together to create this time almost timeless film yeah i feel like it's gonna be another classic honestly uh, right along there with the rank and bass holiday films you know yeah the polar what you say the polar express is a classic honestly yeah for a cgi film it is a classic i feel like it it's the story's great. The oh my gosh, don't get me started on the music. I think the music was fantastic, but also the animation. I think uh, render oh, no, rendering was that. okay. I feel like for it was definitely better than Mars Needs Moms. Mar, 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 Mars Needs Moms did the exact same rendering process, but was so yep. bad on Disney's part. But Polar Express. Uh, did an amazing job on the story and animation and it's something that like i said it's not very you don't really see that with the quality and stuff uh, it's hard to explain without uh actually watching the movie but it just I and see. i try not to really repeat what everyone says about these movies that try to render realistic people look so ugly after a while but they're kind of right in that one. They're, you know they're, I mean, when it's overdone, yes, I, I feel that it gets annoying after a time. I feel like they just need to go back every once in a while to do either one or the other or both. And just try to, like, push limits on, on either one. Yeah. Like what they did with Klaus. I feel like... Uh, there was uh, yeah. just I just found a mix of different movies in there, like for I example, I... I I found like the Prince of Egypt in one aspect, like I yeah. like with Klaus looking like Jethro, like that's his like whole design almost was almost like Jethro, and and the way the the snow moved like sand, and uh, the Tim Burton buildings basically. Uh, the character designs of the town folk looking like <laughs> like uh, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, it was just... Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a mi just a mixture of different kinds of movies all in one, and I just really appreciated it to the fullest. Yeah. Plus, uh, I think I heard somewhere that he said the mission statement when they were working on the animation for this was to all not to do something retro like uh, what Disney did with um, uh, Princess and the Frog, but it was, I think you said, to push the medium of traditional animation forward. Yeah, like I, I feel like they, I feel like they didn't like challenge themselves enough with Princess and the Frog on the quality of animation. Like they could have implemented a little bit like of a mixed medium. 
Like I actually I liked the part I like almost there. The almost there sequence where she's singing and to her mother and they changed it from to a Harlem Renaissance. Like I can just go on about that. That, that was a good example of how they pushed the medium just a little bit different from what they are having. But I feel like they could I don't know, they could have done a little bit more. But that's another story for another day. Thank you for listening to tuned in podcast we really appreciate all the support that we're getting we i literally checked this morning and we had 38 followers on our facebook and i feel like that we that we we can do a lot more and add to this because there are people that are generally interested in animation and and uh cartoons and movies that they like so uh, please share our podcast and get the word out there that we want to do more. And, and possibly if you like us, you know, comment and, sh- and, and uh, yeah. give us ideas to, work, to work with. Please. What do you want to, uh, what do you want us to talk about? You know, thank you for well, having us and we will on. see you on the next episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us on Tuned In Podcast. If you like this episode or want more like it, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Stay tuned!